Hey y'all, welcome to Well, Well, Well by LRH Wellness. I'm your host, Lexi, and this is where we dive deep into all things health and wellness. Here, we get into the wellness weeds, call out health inequities, and work towards living a more well life, all centering Black perspectives. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Well, Well, Well. Thanks so much for joining me. So today I have a topic that is quite personal to myself. We're talking about perfectionism and this is something that I am actively working on. I have perfectionist tendencies and in some ways it can be really good, but in a lot of ways it can be really detrimental for myself. So today that's what we're going to discuss. I want to first start by talking about my own journey and just recognizing that my perfectionism took me a lot of time. I thought it was just me being particular and me having high standards, but I was able to recognize, honestly, within this past pandemic that my perfectionism is at an unhealthy level, that it really kind of hinders me from being able to deviate from the status quo that I set. And It can be a really frustrating thing, I know, for the people around me, too, because I set these standards that are really for myself, and I know it frustrates other people when I'm so frustrated that I can't meet them. And so a big example of this is I recently got a puppy. Her name's Duck, and she's so incredible, but to take care of a puppy, you can't have perfection. And she makes me confront that all the time because all I say is I want her to be trained perfectly. I want her just to have the perfect experience, blah, blah, blah. But I recognize as well that that's just not going to happen, that there is no perfect. And it's interesting because in some ways in my life, you know, I've had to readjust my schedule. Like for example, I normally record these at 7 a.m. on Tuesdays and right now I'm recording in the middle of the day on a Wednesday because that's just when it worked. So I've been able to recognize that my schedule needs to adjust in other ways and the world doesn't burn down. And when it's not the perfect timeline or the perfect routine, things still go okay and life moves on and nothing crashes and crumbles. But in other ways, I've shifted this perfectionism onto my expectations of being a new dog mom and being a new trainer to this puppy and this caretaker for this animal. And I see how it can affect those around me because they're constantly telling me, what do you mean you want to be perfect? She's just a puppy. You can't do any more than what you're already doing and congratulating me for the things I have done, but me seeing it as not enough. And so that's really how my perfectionism manifests. I set these really high standards for nobody else but myself. I don't expect other people to reach the standards that I set for myself because deep down I recognize that they're unreasonable and I recognize that there's something only I really want to be beholden to, which is quite unfortunate. And it makes it really hard for me to work on teams and it makes it difficult for me to give work to other people and to like step back from things because I just feel that it always has to be all me in the exact way that I think is the most perfect which makes me not always the best teammate in some ways as well and so when things aren't perfect I'm able to kind of recognize that They're not always going to be perfect, but also I have this thing where I'm just like, oh, well, next time I need to do it even better than this first standard I didn't meet. And that cycle of always wanting to be perfect, wanting to be everything is exhausting. 
and I'm exhausted by it and that's why I wanted to talk about it to not only hold myself accountable to kind of shedding some of these thoughts and attitudes but also because I think it resonates with a lot more people than are willing to admit it and I especially think that for black people minorities in general and women black women especially you feel this pressure of being everything to everybody and I know it's true for me but also in how I set standards for myself and I think a lot of that is because in some ways the world expects nothing from us because we are frankly shit on by the world but in other ways the world expects everything from us so I think back to my history days right I always pull things from history and you think of how the black woman was the center of the family on plantations how they centered caretaking for white plantation owners cooked cleaned all of that picked in the fields whatever you want to think about black women were at the center of the functioning of life in the south and probably in the north too but thinking of on a plantation like Black women were centered to that, but somehow still the most devalued, most abused, most degraded people as well. And so this kind of juxtaposition of saying that we need to be everything, but at the same time we're nothing, has created this generational cycle that I've noticed. And, you know, it spans from our ancestors of this cognitive dissonance of seeing how we are everything to the functioning of the world around us, but how we're treated as if we're nothing. And I think for many of us that manifest in this belief that we need to be everything, but we can't prove to ourselves that we are everything. So to put that in another way is we are so much of our energy and time is demanded from others and we constantly give it to meet these standards that others have set for us, but that we set for ourselves to prove that we are necessary, to prove that we are worth something. And I think it's so subconscious for so many of us that it's hard to bring that perfectionism to the surface. It's hard to see that perfectionism because it's easy to say we don't care what others think. And I believe that this mentality, this cycle is so deeply ingrained that it's not external anymore. That it might, I mean, it might be for some, but I think for the vast majority of people, it's probably more internal. And I know for me, it is as well. Of It's not me trying to prove myself to other people. It's me trying to prove myself to myself. And that's hard. Because what ends up happening is you set this constantly moving finish line. That there is no point in which you can achieve that perfection, which you can achieve that goal. And I think it's critical to recognize that perfectionism comes in all aspects of our lives. So it's oftentimes people talk about perfectionism in the workplace and school. And that's just kind of the easiest to point out because you have like a tangible deliverable. You have something that you have to do, you have to turn in. But perfectionism can manifest throughout all ways of your life. So for me right now, it's manifesting and being a perfect dog mom. I'm able to say, like, right now my schoolwork's not going to be perfect right now. I'm probably not going to be the perfect group mate for my group projects, but I want to be a perfect dog mom. And I think that we need to understand that our perfectionism will wane and change. So sometimes you might just want to be the perfect in your wellness routine. You might want to have the perfect wellness. You want to be the perfect friend, perfect 
religious group member, whatever it might be, you want to have the perfect growth. But because it changes so much in our life, it's often hard to pinpoint that we are having these perfectionist tendencies. Now, I'm saying all this and you would think that I have very negative thoughts on perfectionism, but perfectionism is relative, right? And I do think that there's something kind of similar to healthy perfectionism where you have standards for yourself and having standards for yourself and pushing yourself is all a beautiful thing and all a beneficial thing. But you have to recognize the relative nature of that perfectionism. So how do your standards match up to others? How do your standards prevent you from moving on to the next step or to growing in the ways in which you want to do? So right, let's say you have a project at work or school and your perfectionism is stopping you from getting it done, stopping you from getting the feedback or receiving the feedback properly or taking constructive criticism. Then you have to recognize that in this relative nature, your perfectionism is actually holding you back more than pushing you forward. Now, if your perfectionism is still letting you get things in on time, taking constructive feedback, and then your drive is to get it even better next time, now that can be a healthy dose of perfectionism. But what happens when your perfectionism is infringing on other people's perfectionism? When your idea of perfect does not match that of the people around you, that can be a really hard thing to recognize and a really hard pill to swallow because when we are with other people and when we have to work in teams and kind of conceive our perfectionism and our standards for ourselves and export them to other spaces, it can be really difficult, especially because it can be so personal. So I was just talking about how perfectionism for many is very internalized. It's very based on the standards and goals and levels you set for yourself. But when you work with other people who also have those same, not same standards, but have their own standards, goals, level of expectation for themselves, and they counter each other, what do you do? How do you find compromise within perfectionism? And how do you not be insulted when your ideas of perfectionism don't align with other people's? And I think that's something that I'm actively working on, especially in the spaces of group work or just kind of... Actually, let me backtrack because group work at the end of the day, I think I'm able to say, no, we're going to just do what we got to do and finish it. But another example is really in like my relationship and understanding what I need and what my kind of perfectionism is and where I want the perfect relationship in some spaces and where my partner wants the perfect relationship in others. And sometimes those standards butt and it can be really frustrating to me and it can be daunting to deal with it because I recognize that this is an internal thing, right? I recognize that it's me having a set of standards that doesn't match the situation at hand, that isn't appropriate for what we're dealing with at hand. And that can be, I want the perfect explanation for why we're dealing with this move in this way or why we are butting heads about this thing or why his perspective is this on this thing, right? Whereas his perfect explanation for those things looks really different for me than mine. And so 
I have to be able to turn inwards and say, okay, where is my standard for myself and where's my standard for him? Where's my standard for this relationship, for our shared partnership? And how do we match them up? Where do I just need to say, okay, Lexi, here you're not being the most reasonable. You're not recognizing what the situation demands. And then where can I stand up for myself? Where can I say, no, this is what the situation demands. These, this perfectionism, this ideal, this hope, this desire is actually appropriate. And being able to kind of parse that apart has been really positive for me and not being disappointed and not setting myself up for a situation in which I feel like I'm being shorted, if that makes sense. And so another thing when we're thinking of compromise with perfectionism and dealing with other people, you have to think of the environment around you. And so for my people at college, for high pressure jobs, for families, for people in families that demand perfectionism, that environment can really, really increase the detrimental effects of your perfectionism. And I think of these high pressure environments and how they can really break people because you see everybody doing perfect, quote unquote. And it's hard to wrap around your mind that they see you as perfect as well. And that you guys are all kind of misperceiving one another's successes, struggles, all of that. And it leads to this belief that asking for help, taking a step back, not being perfect isn't okay. I think often on Twitter I see people talking about how the semester's awful and how, you know, we're all struggling, blah, blah, blah. But then at the end of the semester when people are posting their GPAs or whatever, somebody will always inevitably tweet, ah, so we weren't in this struggle together. Y'all was doing fine. And I think that's so funny because that's really the truth of it. We never know truly what it looks like for other people. So when we're in these loops of our own perfectionism and we see what other people are doing as perfect, it's so difficult for us to disengage from our own thinking because we think other people have it all together. Everybody else has been able to figure it out. But for whatever reason, we can't pull it together. And high-pressure environments really spurn this, right? When everybody else around you seems like they're doing perfectly, when everybody else around you seems like they've got everything together, no questions asked, it can be really intimidating. It can be really frustrating to try and mitigate your perfectionism. Taking a step back and lowering your standard, maybe, seems like you are doing this big huge jump even though lowering that standard doing less will probably serve you better in the long run I think about it for myself as I have these standards for myself and I have these goals and I have these ambitions in the long term and short term and when I lower some of those perfectionist standards for myself in the short term it enables me to get to those long-term goals faster and more sustainably I think of all the times I've cried over assignments because I just didn't think of asking for extensions, didn't think of asking for help because I had this standard. And in the long run, I made that class or I made that work assignment, that project 
more miserable. Frankly, it was just miserable because I'm struggling through the whole process instead of saying, okay, for this one thing, we're going to decrease the quality so I can spend more energy and time exploring the things I really enjoy with this project class, whatever it might be. And so when you're in these spaces and, you know, when you're thinking of how toxic they can be, you have to also think of how you are factoring into that. How are you contributing to this high pressure, to this collective perfectionism? How do you project it onto other people? Even when we think of our perfectionism being this own standard we hold for ourselves, do we export it? Something I've recognized about myself is that I can be condescending. And I hate that about myself. And I recognize that it comes from I have these high standards. I have this perfectionist tendency. And so when other people don't have that perfectionist tendency, I just think, well, I should just do it. Or I should show them how to do it in the perfect way. Not because I think that they want it done that way, but I think they should want it done that way, if that makes sense. And that's something I'm actively working on because nobody wants your perfectionism projected onto them. I recognize that people around me don't really like that, so it's something I have to keep in mind. And so I'm keeping myself in check by being present. That's something big I've been working on, recognizing that I'm in the here and now and when I feel overwhelmed by the standards and tasks that I set for myself, I go through mindfulness exercises. I'll close my eyes and say, okay, I have this many pens on my desk right now. The pens are these colors. I have these notebooks out and they're these colors. I have these three tasks on my to-do list and this is what they are. I do a mindfulness activity. I come back to being present. I stop projecting to what life will be like when I achieve this perfect task and say, okay, this is what life is like right now. Achieving this task or not, this is what my life is. And appreciating that, having the gratitude and giving myself a moment. And then I move on and get to it. The next thing I'm doing is working on giving myself credit. Saying, it's really hard for me to say good job to myself. It's really hard for me to be proud of the activities and the achievements I have completed. So... Currently, that's a big homework I've been doing is working on saying good job and just saying good job, not saying good job, but you could have done X, Y, Z or not saying good job, but this could have been better. Instead, I'm working on giving myself credit saying this was good, period. Just letting that be. The next thing I'm doing is get is taking the big picture into account giving myself perception, perspective. So when I'm thinking of the things that I'm doing, what I'm working on, instead of thinking of, so a great example, this podcast. I like this podcast a lot. I think it's doing pretty well. I know that it resonates with some of y'all. And it makes me happy that maybe one, two, three people are listening. It would also make me happy if 50,000 people were listening. But when I first started I was like, wow, how do I get to Joe Rogan levels? Now, remind you, I've never listened to a Joe Rogan podcast. I don't know what he's really talking about. And it kind of confuses me. But at first, I was like, wow, he has, he's a top podcaster, does all this incredible stuff. How do I get like that? 
not thinking of, I'm just starting this out. I have a small following. I'm a black woman in this space that often doesn't serve black women. So, you know, I wasn't thinking of these things. I wasn't thinking critically. I wasn't giving myself the perspective needed to go into this in a constructive way. I was setting myself up to say, you could have done better. So now I'm really working on giving myself the perspective I need as I start new things, the perspective I need to take into account the work that I'm doing and to give myself that credit. And part of that means I have to adjust my standards. Sometimes I have to say, you know what, this isn't going to get done by the time it's going to get done. It's not going to get done in the quality that I want it to get done in, but it's just going to need to get done and being okay with that. And that's really hard for me. And that's probably one of the hardest ones. But adjusting my standards and saying, you know what, that's okay, has been really critical. Another thing that I'm doing is trying to monitor my triggers and recognize like what can just slide past me. So there are some spaces where I really do need like perfectionism or I really do need to have a high standard, right? And recognizing what in those spaces really triggers the worst side of my perfectionism is important. So one example is I am somebody who does not receive feedback well sometimes. (laughs) And there are some spaces where feedback is not necessary, where I don't need the feedback and where I can kind of let it roll off my back. There are some spaces where I really need that feedback to kind of stick and I really need to take it into consideration. So I'm thinking I'm doing a lot of academic writing right now. And in those spaces, I need the feedback. I need to take the criticism and I need it to stick with me. I need it to really get me. Whereas comments on a post or comments on how I am approaching even this podcast They don't need to stick as much right now. So knowing what triggers me, knowing that this criticism triggers me and knowing what types of criticism can slide and what type of criticism I actually kind of need to hold and what type of criticism is more critical for me to really think and process through has been really empowering to like be able to recognize and be able to separate what is benefiting me and what's just making my journey harder for myself, what's making it more difficult. And the last thing that I've been doing is monitoring my progress, seeing the ways in which I am achieving my goals and celebrating those small steps and celebrating the ways in which I achieve those bigger goals has been really important and has shown me that this journey I'm on is just that, a journey. It's just step by step, day by day, and it's a really beautiful journey. Thank you guys for listening to my thoughts on perfectionism. I hope this resonated with some of y'all. Stay tuned for wellness tip of the week and your wellness question. This week's wellness tip is confronting a perfectionist. So I just spent this last 20 minutes talking about what to do if you are a perfectionist, but now we're going to talk about if somebody else is a perfectionist and projecting it onto you. What do you do? So first and foremost, you have to recognize that this someone, this person, this someone, wow, this person is just projecting their own standards onto you. And 
more likely than not, it has nothing to actually do with you. It really has to do with them and their own things and their own standards. But first and foremost, you want to set boundaries. You want to tell them, this is what I'm willing to do. This is where what I'm not willing to do. This is where this begins and ends with me. You want to call them out. You want to tell them, hey, you have these standards. I have these standards. They're not aligned. You don't need to push them on me. You're acting like a perfectionist. I can't do that. I can't meet that level that you want. Whatever it might be, you need to set those boundaries and you need to call them out. You need to counter with your standards and what you expect and what you will or won't do. And finally, you need to tell them what you're seeing and how it's affecting you. Come to them as a friend, as a colleague, as somebody in their life, as an acquaintance and say, this is what I'm seeing. This is how it affects me. It's frustrating. It's making me upset. It makes me not want to work with you. It makes me not want to hang out with you. It makes me never want to do a project with you again. And be honest. And tell them. And if you really need to work with this person, maybe that's finding a middle ground. Maybe it's like, if you can't calm down or you can't chill, you can't bring it down a notch, then we just can't work together on this thing. We can't be partners in this thing. But... Try and determine if finding a middle ground or if stepping away from that person or the project or whatever it is you guys are doing together is best. So again, set your boundaries, call them out, counter with your own standards, and then tell them what you're seeing and how it's affecting you. This week's wellness question is, how should I approach life with the vaccine? So this is a great question because as people are getting vaccinated, things are looking different, but also scarily not that different either. So recognizing that the vaccine can make you still a carrier. So it means like even if you have the virus, you might not get sick, but you could pass it on to other people. And if you do get sick, it's a more mild version, more likely to survive, all of that. But it's often confusing about what you can and what you can't do and how you might want your behaviors to change. So firstly, you can always just stay informed with the CDC and what they're stating you can and can't do. So for example, the CDC said having a group of people inside without masks as long as everybody's vaccinated is an okay thing, right? But seeing other people who aren't vaccinated might not be appropriate. You want to think about additionally who you're seeing and what your lifestyle is like. This pandemic has shifted how a lot of us engage with other people, what our expectations are of other people, and what the things in which we like to do. I used to love big group gatherings, and I kind of think that this pandemic has made me grow out of that, and that it's not so much the 30-person gathering I'm excited for, maybe the smaller 10-person gathering, where it's, you know, the people I haven't seen in quite some time, and not as big rowdy parties or whatever. So recognizing that your lifestyle might have sh- shifted, And that that's okay and that the ways in which you engage in that kind of new headspace is going to look different. I think it's hard to just have one blanket answer of like how you should approach life with the vaccine. But I think you'd have to do a real value intake, thinking of who you want to see, why you want to see them, what experiences of life do you want, what do you miss, and how do they fulfill you? How do they add to the life in which you're already living? The biggest thing I want you to take in mind is your comfort level and the comfort level of the immediate people around you. So let's say you live with somebody else. 
you're gonna have to find compromise if you're somebody who wants to go to these massive gatherings who feels really safe and they don't feel safe at all you have to think about if you're vaccinated and the people around you aren't right you have to take into account all these other levels but what i think is most important is to understand your comfort levels and understand how those comfort levels impact the people around you so honestly it's not that much different than when you weren't vaccinated right you should have been doing this from the very beginning but i think your comfort levels will shift as you are vaccinated so you might be comfortable sitting down in a restaurant mask off for a lot of other reasons now that you're vaccinated you feel safer doing those things but maybe your dinner guest isn't isn't as comfortable you want to try and set those boundaries and have open dialogue with the people around you about what they're comfortable with, what their expectations are, and how you can find middle ground. Because although this pandemic has strained our social life and our social relationships, we still want to be good good people. We still want to support one another in the ways in which we need to, even if that means somebody's being slightly ridiculous or more fearful than you. You want to try and find that middle ground. You want to find the ways in which you can communicate so that you can have a thriving social life and feel socially well without tons of sacrifice, especially once you're vaccinated. Thanks for listening to Well, Well, Well by LRH Wellness. If you found this podcast helpful or it resonated with you, Make sure you like, subscribe, share, and give it a five-star rating. Check out lrhwellness.com to see available wellness programs and consider supporting the work. Talk to you next week. Bye.